WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 501. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We'll see on and off showers throughout the day. High 66. Tonight, overnight, more rain. Low 63, and then Friday, scattered thunderstorms, high 77. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 60 cloudy in Warwick up in Orange County, 62 and cloudy in Flemington in New Jersey, and it's 61 and cloudy here in Midtown. Actually, it's a little bit of light rain out there. It'll feel that way most of the day. Uh, Lots to get to as we work our way up to the 6 o'clock hour. Sid and friends in the morning, you could not get away from the story of Victor Wembanyama yesterday. That's the a teenager who's from France. He's seven foot four tall, a center who's going to go number one in the NBA draft tonight. And you don't even have to be a basketball fan. My, I got home yesterday and my wife was like, I was watching Good Morning America yesterday and there was Victor Wembanyama on Good Morning America. He clearly has a very good publicist who thinks he's going to be the next LeBron James. Uh, he threw out the first pitch at the Yankee game yesterday, did not do a very good job, but that, but, uh, this guy they think is going to be as big as LeBron. I've always had this, this, this ambition. And uh, ever since I knew where the draft was, I wanted to be first. So he's not going to be here in New York. He'll be here in New York tonight in Brooklyn for the draft. But the San Antonio Spurs have the first pick. So they're eager to get him suited up in silver and black as soon as possible. I just feel really, really lucky to be able to, to just to live this life, you know. The organization and everything is just, I'm just so lucky. Yes, yeah, so the thing is, is he's so skinny. And uh, you see how big these basketball players are. He is... um. He's seven four and two hundred and thirty pounds. Uh, I mean, you guys, you got basketball players that are six six and two hundred and thirty pounds. So uh, there is a little fear that he's going to get pushed around and that he should start eating a lot of good old American fast food to put the weight on. I was feeling lucky that they got the pick as a franchise that has that culture and that that uh, that experience in in winning. Yeah. So saying all the right things yesterday, but boy, he, whoever his publicist is, if it's just the NBA, whatever, you could not get away from him yesterday. All right, let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. Just a few hours of oxygen left for that missing sub. Over a million New Yorkers screaming this morning that the rent is too damn high. Some Republicans pushing for a Biden impeachment vote. Did two Rockland County rabbis get off too easy? And they're seeing double at a local high school graduation. All right, let's get into it. 504, let's start with that missing Titanic-bound submersible containing five crew members. The thought is, on the part of the Coast Guard, that they will run out of breathable air. They're giving a really specific time. By 7.08 this morning, how they know that, not clear. The vessel, of course, operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions, vanished Sunday morning in the waters off of Newfoundland. It was going down to look at the Titanic wreck. Went out with a 96-hour supply of emergency oxygen. They were only supposed to be out for just a one-day tour, 12 hours. Search efforts for the missing vessel continued all day yesterday. It's more like this vessel is flooded and 
it's full of water, and that's the problem. Yeah, that's what a retired Navy submarine captain is assuming. He thinks that uh, everybody on board, unfortunately, passed away a long time ago. But the Post Guard, uh, they're not taking any chances. The surface search is now approximately two times the size of Connecticut, and the subsurface search is up to two and a half miles deep. We also have to factor in the ever-changing weather conditions, currents, and sea states that expand the search area every hour. With respect to the noises specifically, we don't know what they are. We're searching in the area where the noises were detected. We will continue to work as hard and as quickly as possible in an effort to locate them. The underwater noises, no doubt you know, are from knocking that was heard on Tuesday by a Canadian Air Force plane that was flying over. It was coming in 30-minute intervals. It has not been heard since uh, Tuesday. Well, I can't imagine the emotional burden of whoever the person is that has to make that determination and say, okay, we've, we've decided officially that we're no longer in search and rescue. Yes, yeah, so uh, so far they still are in search and rescue mode. Uh, in fact, the French government delivering its Victor 6000, which is a robot capable of diving 20,000 feet below sea to the area where this uh, submersible went missing. The unmanned robot, which is one of a few vessels in the world capable of descending to the 12,000 feet deep resting place of the Titanic, equipped actually with a mechanical robot arm that could help drag this thing back to the surface. But again, not people are not too uh, hopeful this is going to happen. Lots of people weighing in. Water rescue expert Butch Hendrick says the rescue effort no easy task because the sub appears to have no technology to signal its location. There's no emergency deploy beacons that can tell you where it is. There's no beacon or emergency transmitter on it itself that can send out a series of signals. Which seems crazy, doesn't it? The uh, New York Times reports it obtained a letter from 2018 that warned Ocean Gate, its experimental approach with the vessel, could lead to catastrophic outcomes. More from a Butch Hendrick. Our big concern is that it's, it's entangled somewhere on that wreck. There's a lot of debris across that wreck. Yeah, the thought is maybe it's down there at the Titanic. Aaron Newman was a passenger on the sub that went missing. He took a trip on the Titanic to the Titanic wreck back in 2021. He says it was great, but he says it's very snug inside there. The idea of you're getting in this craft, you're bolted in. It's a tube that's comfortable but not spacious. And you have a little pack lunch with you and as you start to descend through the water column it's it is an amazing journey to see the light very quickly disappear all right so this is what we know right now 7 a.m that's what they're telling us they'll run out of air there's no sign that they have found them of course people keep their fingers crossed uh of course we'll follow the story as the morning wears on wabc news time 509 the rent guidelines board taking that vote last night whether to raise the rent for the million plus new yorkers that live in rent stabilized apartments and these meetings are always incredibly loud because they have the panel sitting in front of an audience uh so they took the vote last night and you could not even hear what they were saying because the people the renters in the room were screaming so loudly <laughs> 
So, okay, so we'll tell you what happened. In a 5-4 to four vote, the Rent Guidelines Board pushed through a 3% raise for one-year leases for people living in rent-stabilized units. The board also upped two-year leases by 2.75% for the first year, 3.2% for the second year. Now, you can imagine the renters that were at this meeting last night, none too happy. It's disappointing that there's been a- any increase whatsoever. I'm sad. There really needs to be a rollback. There really needs to be zero. Yep. Uh, more from those renters inside uh, who were jeering this board when they heard what went through on the vote last night. A lot of people is already out on the streets. So you just add into a problem that already exists. Now, and then nobody went home happy. It was the renters who were upset that they saw a rent hike. The landlords who say they didn't get anywhere near enough to cover the bills. One thing's for sure, the increases, uh, which apparently you need an advanced degree in calculus to figure out, uh, will not cover ever-escalating costs. Right, so some would say that's a success when everybody goes home unhappy. The board's rules uh, state the newly approved rates will apply to leases beginning in October. October 1 is when those rents will go up. 5-11, let's go down to D.C. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy warning his conference against forcing a vote to impeach President Biden. The move to impeach was brought forward by Colorado Republican Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. My articles of impeachment uh, were for the border, um, not for what we're the work we are doing in oversight. That investigation is not complete. We are still receiving information from the FBI. Um, and, uh, albeit redacted. But McCarthy pushing back against that, telling House Republicans to vote against the resolution. He argues the GOP should allow committee investigations into Biden to play out as jumping to impeachment could in threaten the party's slim majority. Boebert introduced these articles of impeachment yesterday, made a procedural move that would force the chamber to vote on it come next week. The articles focus on how Biden has handled immigration in the U.S.-Mexico border. While we're in D.C., Congress hearing testimony from the former special counsel who released a report criticizing the FBI's investigation into alleged ties between former President Donald Trump's campaign and Russia. We will do everything we can in the appropriation process to stop the federal government from going after the American people. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan there says John Durham's probe found the Justice Department should have never opened the investigation. He says that the DOJ continues to target the former president. We're going to hear the facts and details about the whole false Trump-Russia narrative, the crossfire hurricane investigation, and hopefully... It will help change things at the Department of Justice. On the other side of the aisle, Democratic Congressman Jerry Nadler, right from here in New York, called Durham's report deeply flawed. He cannot prove a magnificent deep state conspiracy. And he cannot say that the FBI investigation into the Trump campaign's Many ties to Russia never should have happened. Nadler accusing Republicans of trying to distract the public from former President Trump's current legal woes. The Durham report does not show that anyone else is responsible for the president's legal woes, past, present, or future. Anyone who tells you otherwise is simply making it up. Battling going back and forth, the uh, House voting to censure Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff for his role in investigations of the collusion, uh, alleged collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announcing Wednesday's vote. On this vote, the A's are 213 and the nays are 209. With six answering present, the resolution adopted. 
Without objection, the motion to consider is laid on the table. Republicans tried to advance a similar censure measure last week, but 20 Republicans actually voted with Democrats to block the move. They objected to language that could have resulted in a $16 million fine for Adam Schiff. That provision was removed, and then they gained full GOP support. Schiff, who's running for an open Senate seat in California, is the 25th lawmaker in U.S. history to be censured by the House. And one more story out of Congress. Congress will be starting from school scratch on figuring out how to regulate rapidly evolving artificial intelligence technology. It's been all the talk this week. Here's Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. I laid out my ideas about a comprehensive framework Congress can use to supercharge AI innovation in a safe and responsible way. Yeah, so they're leaning on the experts big time because they don't totally understand it. The New York Democrat announcing a series of planned expert forums that will let everybody in Congress know exactly what's going on. AI could be our most spectacular innovation yet, a force that could ignite a new era of technological advancement, scientific discovery, industrial might. These inside forums are the first of their kind. They have to be. Because AI moves quickly, will change our world dramatically, is deeper in its complexity and lacks legislative history. All right, 515, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Good morning, uh, Justin Ellis. Yeah, you got that right. You got that right, Noam. I know it took you a while to remember my name I there. Did. but did. Happens um, sometimes. It happens on Friday Eve. How about it? You excited? I am. Yeah, me too. We got to get to sports. We got some news to get to here. The Yankees have seemingly found a little groove against the visiting Seattle Mariners, beating the M's for the second straight night last night. This time by a score of four to two. Johnny Brito made me eat yesterday's harsh words and sarcasm. No, I'm going out and out dueling his counterpart in Seattle Ace and one of the best arms in baseball, Luis Castillo. Brito was stellar in his return from the minors, shutting out uh, Seattle and only yielding two hits over five and two-thirds innings pitched. All four of the Yankee runs came on the long ball with McKinney, Bowers, and Volpe all leaving the yard to help the Yanks cruise in uh, to the series finale tonight. Hopefully looking for the sweep. Domingo Herman gets a start for a 7.05 p.m. first pitch against Seattle's Brian Wu. As for the Mets, they fell once again to the Astros in Houston last night, losing 10-8 in the series finale to ultimately lose the series after routing Houston in that opener from Monday night in a game where the offense clearly showed up for New York. The pitching and defense even more clearly did not. The Mets used five pitchers on the night after Tyler McGill couldn't get out of the third inning, allowing four hits and five runs, four of those earned with four walks. Now six games under 513 and a half games back. The Mets will mosey on into Philadelphia tomorrow night to open a three-game series with the Phillies. Off-season NBA shakeup news to get to here as well. The Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, and Memphis Grizzlies agreed to a three-team trade late Wednesday night that sent uh, center Kristaps Porzingis to the Celtics, guard Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, and guard Tyus Jones to the Wizards as part of the deal Memphis is sending Boston its first-round pick in tonight's draft the 25th overall selection, as well as the Golden State Warriors' top four protected first-round pick in 2024, while the Celtics are sending the 35th pick in the draft to Washington. Celts are also sending forward Danilo Gallinari and center Mike Mascala to Washington as part of the deal. And speaking of that aforementioned draft, rounds one and two will commence at 8 p.m. tonight in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. In the first two rounds, the Nets will pick 21st, 22nd, and 51st 
overall, while surprisingly, the Knicks do not have a pick on the board here to in tonight's first two rounds. Here are sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Ellick. WABC News Time coming up on 520 down in D.C. The Senate Democrats marking the one-year anniversary of the end of Roe v. Wade by bringing legislation on reproductive health and access to a vote. Women are not going to settle for a country where men in state legislatures are taking away their fundamental freedom to decide what happens to their bodies. Washington Senator Patty Murray there telling reporters the bills would guarantee women can travel freely across state lines for abortions. Yes, you can travel to another state. Yes, doctors can provide an abortion without fear they will be thrown in prison. Yes, we will keep your online health and location data private. And, of course, Murray taking a shot at Republicans, uh, saying that they ripped away a fundamental right for women. They're not going to settle for a country where their daughters and granddaughters have fewer rights than they did just a year ago. 520 Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell says uh, expect more rate hikes. Inflation pressures continue to run high. And the process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go. So he says the central bank is still working to slow that inflation. So, yeah, here come more rate hikes. Uh, well, not today, but sometime soon. We've raised our policy interest rate by five percentage points since early last year and have continued to reduce our securities holdings at a brisk pace. Down to Florida at 521, the Parkland school shooter case. Of course, the shooter behind bars, but a resource officer who was on campus that day, the only armed person on campus, did not go after the gunman. So now he's the one who's on trial, his defense attorney trying to paint a picture for the jury of chaos and confusion on that day where it would have been impossible for Scott Peterson, the resource officer, to determine where the shots were coming from. Suzanne Camel was teaching in a nearby building. She was on the stand yesterday. You could tell it wasn't literally at the building, but you couldn't tell where it was just because it was so loud. Peterson charged with not confronting the Parkland school shooter. 17 people killed in that attack. 17 more were wounded. Someone can drop a textbook and it will echo throughout. You can hear it pretty clearly throughout the hallway. When you heard those shots, where did you think that they were coming from? The stairwell that's on the west side of the 700 building, that's where it generally sounded it was coming from. Peterson has one of the better defense attorneys, uh, Mark Argalash, who was questioning uh, uh, lots of people on the stand yesterday, including the assistant principal at the school. Was there ever a time that Deputy Peterson ever hang up or gave up on the process? No, never. Did it seem like he was trying to find out in real time where the shooter or shooters were located? Yes. That, uh, that trial will continue today. 523, Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis slamming San Francisco in a new campaign ad. I've seen so many businesses boarded up. Uh, I've seen so much uh, riffraff just running around. The Florida governor was in San Francisco this week on a campaign stop, posted a video claiming the once great city had collapsed because of leftist policies. He says so many of those people of San Francisco have come down here, uh, his way, Sunshine State. They are doing it wrong here. No wonder why we've had so many people move from San Francisco to Florida over the last few years. 
we got to stop this madness. Uh, we need to restore sanity to this country. Let's stay on the campaign trail. Republican presidential candidate Tim Scott, the South Carolina senator, says answers are needed involving the Hunter Biden deal. He held a town hall with Sean Hannity. He says the plea deal is dangerous. It's dangerous. Let me just say, we all know this, that the big guy has some explaining to do. Biden had struck a deal with federal prosecutors to plead guilty to two tax misdemeanors, resolve a felony gun charge. Uh, Scott says he should be behind bars. We cannot be the city on the hill if we are not first a nation of law and justice. And former President Trump says he admires China's strict drug enforcement, telling this to Fox News. 1.4 billion people. I said, do you have a drug problem? No, 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 no. I do not have a drug problem. I said, hmm, why do you say that is? Because we immediately give a quick trial and a death penalty to drug dealers. Trump telling Fox News that when he went met with China's president, that's what he told him when he was in office. He learned the Communist uh, Party's country's use of the death penalty was a big deterrent for drug dealers. 524. A new study finds using gas-powered stoves can raise the levels of cancer-causing chemical called benzene. Dr. Don Buckland, a preventative medicine doctor who was not part of the study, says benzene is relatively common, and in reasonable doses, you wouldn't know that you are being exposed. You know, they're trying to take away gas-powered stoves here in New York. Any of those solvents, when they get to very high doses, you feel like you're drunk. You know, your your head will be thick and your speech will slur and your coordination will be gone, etc. So, but that's very high doses. Yeah, so he's not so sure we should be getting rid of gas-powered stoves. The study published by the Environmental Science and Technology Journal. Dilution is the solution to pollution. So you just get a little airflow through the house and you can cut the levels down almost immediately. 525, let's bring it back home. Uh, strange incident, a murder in Washington Square Park of all places. I mean, have you been in Washington Square Park lately? There seems to be cops everywhere, but police responding to a stabbing. It took place about 6.30 last night. A 35-year-old man stabbed in the chest. He was rushed to Lenox Hill Hospital where he passed away. This man says he knew the guy that was stabbed because he's kind of a regular in the park and he's seen him before and he said he can't imagine why anybody would want to kill him. I mean, he's so sweet. You know, homeless people come up to me to help them. And for this to happen to him, it's like, and in Washington Square Park, of all places, but there's cops all over the place. It's like kind of really shocking. Yeah, I mean, Washington Square Park at 625 in the evening with daylight uh, seems odd. But so far, no arrests have been made. Up to Rockland County, where there's some outrage uh, because two rabbis who caused the deadly fire at the Evergreen Court Home for Adults in Spring Valley going to avoid jail time under a plea deal they made this week. Rockland County Fire Coordinator Chris Keir is among those frustrated with the Rockland County DA's office. I stood behind Judge Walsh at a press conference and he promised the world that he's in justice was going to be done and that just wasn't done. Systems failed us. Nathaniel Somer will serve five years probation after pleading guilty to manslaughter, while his son Aaron Somer will get three years probation after pleading guilty to reckless endangerment. This is not justice, Rockland. None. None. This is not justice. Y'all need to stand up for Jared because it could happen to all of y'all. 
Yeah, well, either way, that is likely not to change. Uh, we are just getting started on this early Thursday morning. Of course, we'll give you the latest on that missing sub. Just hours of oxygen left for the five on board. Uh, a new numbers of test scores on math and reading for 13-year-olds. The numbers are incredibly distressing. We'll hear from the uh, school's chancellor, David Banks, and Mayor Adams before the morning is out. New help for the migrants that are still rolling in big time buses coming into the port authority the numbers bigger than you might think we'll get into that before the morning is out as well and uh you'll be seeing double a bunch of times at a local high school graduation tonight in new jersey we'll get into that and more but first this at 529 the 77 wabc news hour talking the news with noah laden on 77 wabc broadway and 77 wabc both are real new york WABC. Today, 77 WABC celebrates pride all day long. The diverse voices and achievements of LGBTQIA plus trailblazers who created space for themselves and others. Pride is self-love. Advocating for visibility and equality for all humans. Establishing stronger connections within diverse communities and uplifting all voices. Featuring celebrities, interviews, entertaining and informative talk. Pride to me means lack of shame, lack of apology. 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77. WABC. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noam Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports. And now, talking the news with Noam on 77 WABC. Yep, that's me, 532. Good morning. It is Thursday, June 22nd. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. We'll see on and off showers throughout the day. High 66 tonight and overnight. Yeah, more rain, low 63. And then Friday, scattered thunderstorms, uh, high 77. If you're walking out the door with us right now, so happy you are. 60 and cloudy in Warwick up in Orange County. 62 and cloudy in Flemington down in New Jersey. And it is 60 and rain here in Midtown. So much to get to as we work our way up. Six o'clock hour, Sid and friends in the morning. We'll start this half hour with new national test scores. Math and reading for 13-year-olds way down. This new study includes New York City students declining now to the lowest level in decades. Students of color or low-income students scored even lower. Yesterday, Mayor Adams, the school's chancellor, David Banks, uh, talking about these test scores that came out this week. Neither are surprised by the results. If kids don't learn to read well by the third grade, it connects to everything else. So all these reports that come out are just, they're just reaffirming what we could have already predicted. Chancellor Banks wants to ch- uh, change how reading is taught to kids. Of course, they say some of this is coming from the pandemic when people were stuck at home for so long. But they say the scores were down long before the pandemic. Scores from the National Assessment of Educational Progress show 
a dramatic drop in math and reading scores. Ten New York City schools were included in these results. So 13-year-olds scored an average of 256 out of 500 in reading. The last time the score was that low, you'd have to go back to 2004, so almost 20 years ago. The math score was 271 out of 500. The last time the math score was that low was back in 1990. Mayor Adams says the numbers are even worse for people or kids of color. The first way to fix this problem is acknowledge we have a problem. We have denied this problem for so long. And I I personally believe the the denial of the problem is because who was greatly impacted. Uh, All of our children are hurting, but black and brown children are disproportionately impacted by this. He says they don't have the same resources uh, that other students have. Uh, Mayor, or rather Chancellor Banks, does not disagree with that. It is not uh, surprising at all um, that these scores uh, continue to drop. Uh, But the scores have been bad for a long time. Yeah, again, the chancellor wants to uh, change the way that reading is taught to kids. And his philosophy is if you don't or haven't learned to read uh, by third grade, it just throws off the entire rest of your schooling. I mean, really learn how to read. And so he wants to change how that's done from, you know, pre-K right up until third grade. 535, New York City. You might not, we're not talking about it enough, but New York City continues to see an influx, uh, influx rather of migrants. And the city has a new initiative that aims to keep them moving forward in their journey once they're here, meaning it, making it easier for them to find a job if they're here. So by the way, you probably don't know this, but 2,200 new migrants uh, rolled into the city just this week. These buses continue to come from the U.S.-Mexico border. So now the city, uh, we already have that resource center at the Roosevelt Hotel, which helps the migrants who land here get resources, places, things to, places to live, things they need. Now there is the Asylum Application Help Center. It's a new program that offers application support and free legal services to uh, migrants who move here that will help them move towards uh, work authorization papers because the thought is uh, once they get here, you give them the help. This is what the city's thinking. And then they're on their own. Uh, Judge Sylvia Hines Raddix, she's the uh, with the New York City Corporation Council. She is pushing lawyers across the city to do work pro bono, give their work free of time to help uh, migrants fill out these applications for asylum. All the qualified attorneys and non-attorneys who are thinking of assisting, please apply, join us, and help. And they've actually got a fair amount of people who are doing pro bono work to help these migrants fill out these applications. The Help Center is going to provide trained navigators, language access, and aid for migrants that are dealing with these fast-approaching deadlines to apply for asylum and work authorization. The city investing about five million bucks to support this office that'll be open every day from nine to five wabc news time 539 new york city 
is going to speed up response times to concerns regarding lithium-ion batteries at bike shops. Maybe you, someone, a neighbor is parking a moped in your building. You're not sure if it has a faulty battery inside. All because there's been so many fires connected to these e-bikes and faulty batteries or chargers. And so if you call 311, uh, the mayor is promising, so is the fire commissioner, that you will get a response very quickly. And you should call, by the way, because we've seen countless fires. The one just this week that took the lives of four people down on the Lower East Side near Chinatown. A bike shop went up in flames. The people above trapped in their apartments could not get out. So if you see something, an e-bike, you're not so sure. The person who's parking it in your building so responsible, you should call 311. We want to be clear. We are not demonizing every shop that sells batteries. We want those that are creating an unsafe environment. Yeah, I, I think the idea is just if you're unsure, call 311. Understanding that our enforcement is centered on the idea of giving people a chance to do the right thing, even as we know some locations are going to require heavier enforcement than others. So here's the deal is uh, the cheaper batteries are the ones that are the issue. They're just they don't have all the certifications that they should have. So that's why they're now going to start big time enforcement. And uh, that's why they want you to call 311 if you think, oh, I'm not so sure that my neighbor is doing the right thing the way he charges his bike overnight. Because it's called America. That's just not how we do things. We don't, we, we don't just uh, go in based on the level of a violation. We take appropriate actions. We have been sounding the alarm on the dangers of lithium-ion batteries for some time now. This latest, latest tragedy shows us that we need to do more and we have to continue to raise the alarm. And so we are today. And the huge issue for firefighters is once these batteries explode, they just, uh, I mean, it's terrible. They, flames go everywhere. Uh, it doesn't matter how fast the response time is. They've seen just these tragic results month after month. It happened again last night. Thankfully, it was not tragic, but an e-scooter battery caught fire in a building on 20th Avenue in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn. This was about 8 o'clock last night. Two people were burned trying to get out of the building. They were able to quickly extinguish it even before firefighters arrived. But again, another e-scooter in this case uh, set that um, or could have set that building on place. Thank God it did not. 541, a new portion of Manhattan's High Line making for what will be a smoother walk now between West Midtown and the West Village. If you haven't done the High Line before, it's a lot of fun. This showcases the natural beauty, the plantings, how magnificent are they, the streetscapes, a chance to see from a different vantage point how magnificent this city is. Yeah, there were portions where now they're just connecting another 600 feet or so portions that'll take you to the Moynihan train hall. So now it'll be easier if you come into the city and want to get onto the High Line, which uh, was built, you'll remember, by Mayor Bloomberg. Uh, you'll be able to do it right from uh, the Moynihan train hall, which is kind of cool. At a time when people are questioning the viabilities of our urban areas. And you see article after article saying, our city's on decline. Today we answer with the resounding, not here in New York. We are rising. Yeah, Highline is pretty cool if you have not checked it out. Up to the Bronx, where the Fordham Evangelical Lutheran Church has been there for more than 100 years. But for the last, like, 10 Sundays, the deacon of the church has not shown up. The building has been locked. 
and nobody can figure out what the heck is going on. They're trying to talk about the pastor that they closed the door and that's not the way they worship because they asked him for certain type of help and they didn't get it. Yeah, the church hit there for 105 years on Walton Avenue. Uh, it's not, they have a food pantry there, which apparently still sometimes opens. Uh, we reached out to the Evangelical Lutheran Church to see what was going on. Did not get an answer, but the parishioners there say they are scratching their heads. They're going to go find another place to worship. Real sad. You know, I didn't expect that. I really didn't. It's been here for like forever. I've been here 40 years, so, you know, that's been there longer than I have. Yeah. Let's go down to uh, Marlboro, New Jersey, the community there coming out in big numbers with signs and flags to support trans youth and speak out against a proposal in the Marlboro School District. The policy in question would make it a requirement for teachers to notify parents if their K through eight students identify as transgender. The way it works in New Jersey now If a kid comes to a teacher and says they want to be known as someone else um, or called something else, uh, they're not supposed to tell the parents. So you can imagine there's an uproar on both sides of the issue. A lot of kids are scared. They don't want to come out. They're not in uh, safe environments to come out. And so a lot of kids, when they're in those situations, they can turn to self-harm, drugs, suicide. Yeah, so that's some of the argument of letting students do what they want to in school and not telling the parents. But you can imagine there's big pushback from parents, school board, calling it a family-centered approach, saying parental involvement is needed because of the age of the students involved during the K-8. through Parents in support of the proposal say they deserve to know what's going on with their children no matter what's going on in school. People here tonight spoke of increasing suicide rates and all the um, emotional, social, and mental distress that comes along with gender dysphoria and something like that should never be kept from a parent. So under this new school policy, a parent that disagrees with their child wanting to change pronouns would meet with the student and a school administrator to determine the next steps. Uh, Some say this idea would rob trans individuals of their right to privacy, but of course parents say, I want to know what the heck's going on with my kid when they're in school. Complicated stuff. 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. Here's Justin Ellis. Thank you, Noam Alladin. The Yanks, they win two in a row. I'll call that a winning streak if I absolutely have to. They've seemingly found a little groove against the visiting Seattle Mariners, beating the M's for the second straight night last night, this time by a score of 4-2. Johnny Burrito made me eat yesterday's harsh words and sarcasm. He I don't know did. If you, yeah, I don't know if you remember. I was I was not very nice to... Uh, you said there was no way he was going to have a good effort, and he yeah, did. Yeah, he had a very good effort, I will I will say. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm big enough, I'm big man, I'm man enough, I guess you should say, that uh, I could swallow my words here, Noam, and, uh, and offer an apology to Johnny Burrito. Because he gave me carnitas and, I guess, for uh, <laughs> ground beef. Okay. <laughs> but he went out. He out-dueled uh, Luis Castillo, one of the best arms in baseball. He was stellar in his return from the minors, shutting out Seattle and only yielding two hits over five and two-thirds innings pitch. All four of the Yankee runs came on the long ball with McKinney, Bowers, and Volpe, all leaving the yard to help the Yanks cruise into the series finale tonight, hopefully looking for the sweep. Domingo Ramon gets a start for a 7.05 p.m. first pitch against Seattle's Brian Wu. As for the Mets, they fell once again to the Astros in Houston last night, losing 10-8 to in the series finale to ultimately lose the series after routing Houston in that opener from Monday night in a game where the offense clearly showed up for New York. The pitching and defense even more clearly did not. The Mets used five pitchers on the night after Tyler McGill couldn't get out of the third inning, allowing four hits and five runs. Four of those earned with four walks. Now six games under 500 and 13 and a half back 
And that's still Mosey into Philadelphia tomorrow night to open up a three-game series with the Phillies. Off-season NBA shakeup news here as well. The Boston Celtics, Washington Wizards, and Memphis Grizzlies agreed to a three-team trade late uh, last night. That sent uh, center Chris Pass, Chris Stapps, I should say, Porzingis to the Celtics, guard Marcus Smart to the Grizzlies, and guard Tyus Jones to the Wizards as part of the deal Memphis is sending Boston. First-round pick in tonight's draft, draft the 25th overall selection, as well as the Golden State Warriors' top four protected first-round pick in 2024, while the Celtics are sending the 35th pick in the draft to Washington. The Celtics are also sending forward Danilo Gallinari and center Mike Muscala to Washington as part of the deal. Speaking of that aforementioned... Very complicated, that deal, Very, Jeez. very complicated. Yeah. Well, that usually three-team deals go that way, hmm. especially the day before the draft. There's a lot of uh, things I mean, going on within the draft as well. Then speaking of that draft, room, runs one and two, commencing tonight, 8 p.m. in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center. The first two rounds, the Nets pick 21st, 22nd, and 51st overall. Well, surprisingly, the Knicks, they do not have a pick on the board tonight. Here with sports on 77 WABC, I'm Justin Ellick. All right, let's catch you up on the big stories of the morning. The big one, of course, is this missing Titanic-bound submersible containing five crew members. We're being told they'll run out of breathable air. They even give us a really specific time, 7.08 this morning. I don't know exactly how they know 7.08, but in the 7 o'clock hour, that according to the Coast Guard, the uh, vessel of course are operated by Ocean Gate Expeditions. It vanished Sunday morning in the waters off Canada. They were going down to the Titanic. Uh, they lost communication about an hour and a half after they left. They had 96 hour supply of emergency oxygen. They were just going out for like a 12 hour ride, lunch, and then back. They never, of course, returned. The search efforts have been going on ever since they went missing, and you can imagine intensified as we get closer to this 7 o'clock hour, of course, looking very grim right now. It's more like this vessel is flooded and it's full of water, and that's the problem. That's a retired Navy submarine captain Brad McDonald is guessing what took place. But the Coast Guard, they continue their moves to find this sub. The surface search is now approximately two times the size of Connecticut, and the subsurface search is up to two and a half miles deep. We also have to factor in the ever-changing weather conditions, currents and sea states that expand the search area every hour. With respect to the noises specifically, we don't know what they are. We're searching in the area where the noises were detected. We will continue to work as hard and as quickly as possible in an effort to locate them. The noises he's talking about is that knocking that uh, Canadian Air Force heard in 30-minute increments. This was on Tuesday. They have not heard it ever since. They don't even know for sure, of course, that it was coming from the sub. I can't imagine the emotional burden of whoever the person is that has to make that determination. And He's say, talking about uh, calling off the search and rescue. Right now, it's still on. Okay, we've, we've decided officially that we're no longer in search and rescue. Yeah, so the French government delivering its uh, Victor 6000, which is a robot capable of diving 20,000 feet below sea level to the area where this sub went missing. Uh, it will scan the area. It's an unmanned robot, which is one of the few vessels in the world capable of descending to about 12,000 feet deep, which means it could rest right where the Titanic is. It's equipped with a mechanical robot arm that could help drag this sub back to the surface. But again, hope is fading as they say breathable air will be gone by around seven o'clock. So uh, this submersible has done uh, been around for years, 200 dives. Um, 
Uh, water rescue expert Butch Hendricks says the rescue effort, no easy task because the uh, sub doesn't have the technology to signal its location, which seems sort of outrageous, doesn't it? There's no emergency deploy beacons that can tell you where it is. There's no beacon or emergency transmitter on it itself. They can send out a series of signals. Yeah, uh, the Times, New York Times reporting it obtained a letter back in 2018 that warned OceanGate its experimental approach with the vessel could lead to catastrophic uh, catastrophic outcomes. Again, more from Butch uh, Hendrick. Our big concern is that it's, it's entangled somewhere on that wreck. There's a lot of debris across that wreck. That could be it. Uh, Aaron Newman was a passenger on the same sub that's gone missing. He took it on a trip to the Titanic wreck site two back in 2021. He says, it is not a comfortable ride. I mean, you are, there's no chairs. You're sitting in a very narrow space that gets dark quickly. There is a bathroom. You bring lunch and a bottle of water with you because it's supposed to be just for the day. But he says, no comfortable ride. There's only one window to look at once you get to the site. But uh, he said it was thrilling. The idea of you're getting in this craft, you're bolted in. It's a tube that's comfortable but not spacious. And you have a little packed lunch with you. And as you start to descend through the water column, it's, it is an amazing journey to see the light very quickly disappear. Mark Reese took four dives on this Ocean Gate vessel. He must have a lot of money. It's $250,000 a ride. He says each time, though... He did notice that they lost communication with the outside world, but I guess he wasn't really freaked out about that. It is always in the back of your head that this is dangerous and any small problem will turn into a major catastrophe. There. Just just hoping for this Hollywood ending to happen. Uh, and we, we know the Coast Guard and everybody else is working so hard. So this is, and the Ocean Gate crew is working as hard as they can to, 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 to possibly find this if anything is out there. Yeah, well, we definitely have a lot of resources out there. Again, this is what the Coast Guard told us. Breathable air gone by 7 a.m., so it does not look good for this crew aboard that sub. 5.55, uh, let's bring it back home. Millions of renting New Yorkers going to have to pay more each month after an increase was voted through by the Rent Guidelines Board last night. It was a noisy meeting. You couldn't even hear the board when they took the vote. <laughs> I mean, it was really loud, but it was close. In a 5-4 to four vote, the Rent Guidelines Board pushing through a 3% raise for one-year leases for people living in rent-stabilized units, over a million of them in the five boroughs. The board also upped two-year leases by 2.7% uh, for the first year, 3.2% for the second year. Renters, you might guess, none too happy. It's disappointing that there's been a- any increase whatsoever. I'm sad. There really needs to be a rollback. There really needs to be zero. A lot of people is already out on the streets. So you just add into a problem that already exists. So everybody went home unhappy last night, including the landlords who got a rent hike, but they say it's nowhere near what they need to pay the bills. One thing's for sure, the increases, uh, which apparently you need an advanced degree in calculus to figure out, uh, will not cover ever-escalating costs. Yeah, so uh, those rents will go up October 1. And finally... Twins make up 3% of the U.S. population, but for one high school graduating class in Bergen County, the rate of seeing double is more than doubled. 
there are 11 set of fraternal twins that all started at Northern Highlands Regional High together. They're graduating tonight. Uh, so they make up 6.5% of the graduating class uh, are twins, which is kind of crazy. My teacher said, there's a lot of twins in the grade. Why don't we do a spreadsheet on them? So I had to nag everybody. It's neat. I, I think that's the best way to put it. It's like, it's like, oh, cool, fun fact. We all came from different towns, so we didn't realize when we were younger. Like, there are three sets in Allendale. Yeah, so each set has gone to school together all of their lives. Most of them are going to go in different directions for college, so we asked them if they're sad about that. <laughs> Absolutely not. He's going Fairfield, I'm going to Miami. We shared a room for a long time. Um, it was <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's really going to be tough. Because they just love each other so Yeah, we love each yeah. other. They don't fight all the time <laughs> or anything like I think, that. I think they're being sarcastic. The um, the uh, By the way, the class of 2021 actually had more sets of twins. They had 16 sets of twins. So this class is not even the record, but that's kind of amazing. So many pairs of twins uh, graduating tonight. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.